0: Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer's Folk.
1: We are up to episode 306. I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remembered very little about it before we started watching it. And so seeing what all is in here, I was like, oh, this one actually is really good.
0: <laughs> Yo, this one right here, I mean, this one was fire for me. Mm-hmm. So many different storylines. All of them had so many different twists and turns in it. Um, Just real juicy, meaty stories. Like, I want everybody's story. Like, yeah,
1: and I wanted more. Yeah. Like I could go a whole season on some of these story arcs that they brought up here in just this one episode.
0: Absolutely. It's, this episode was fire. Yeah. I loved everything. <laughs> in
1: so let's get to it. Ooh, shout out to the camera crews. We start out and uh, we are in someone's home and the camera is slowly panning us over and there are some books there in the opening scene. And one is the Pornographer's Poem by Michael Turner and I've had that book on my shelf for like a year now, but I haven't read it yet. But I might pick it up now because that reminded me that I have it <laughs> Anyway, so when the camera does get over, we see Michael and he is waking up. So we're at Michael and Ben's place and he gets up and he's tiptoeing around and he finds Ben in the bathroom and uh, Ben is standing there with no clothes on uh, and a needle in his hand. And so again, Michael sees him injecting himself there.
0: Ugh, girl, I'm just like, listen, boy, if you don't want to be caught or you don't want nobody in your business, shut the damn door. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're in there butt-ass naked, shower going, I would wake up and I'm a heavy sleeper. Like, <laughs> all the lights are on. Come on, bro. And you're standing there with your ass out with a needle just standing there in the doorway.
1: Yeah, so we see Michael and Brian and they're walking to probably Babylon and Michael is telling Brian what he saw And Brian makes a joke about him being a juice pig, and then he says that, oh, I'll never understand why so many gay men want to ruin their bodies with drugs, as he's, like, smoking Smoking a joint. joint. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Michael starts to point out the signs, like, he's always at the gym, he has these nasty mood swings, and... So he's like, I, you know, I should have seen this before. I'm starting to put things together. Like, I'm pretty sure this is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so Brian calls that. oh, you're noticing some roid rage. And he says, well, it's a small price to pay for an amazing body. What do you think about Brian's reaction here? Like, before we get to the rest of the episode, just hearing this scene when Michael's telling him, what do you think about his reaction?
0: I mean, it was playful, but I mean, he probably knows a lot of people who use it. He knows what's going on. I mean, he kept it lighthearted, whatever case, because it's not really, you know, it's not his problem. You know, it's Michael's problem.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think that he knows that Michael's prone to freak out about things, yeah. and so I think he's like trying to keep a lid on it to keep Michael from uh, freaking out, and he's acting like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what he's doing, yeah, that is what people do, but uh, I think he's probably more shocked than but other than he lets on, but right now it's like okay, because he he's not really close to being like that to really necessarily care about Ben, but. I think he is going to be more tuned in to see how this is starting to affect Michael or how this might affect Michael. True.
0: But at the same time, I do believe that he's probably encountered someone who definitely takes things like that. So he knows the side effects that can come along with it. And like you said, he's worried about how that's going to affect Michael in the long run, you know, or hell in the short term, because you just never know what's going to happen when someone is unstable.
1: Yeah, well, and he's been, it's been several episodes now. And so he's further down this path with it. Now Michael's just finding out and then. Now that Brian's pulled into it, he's probably going to be more aware. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of have to wait and see where things go. Well, they meet up with Ted and Emma outside of the club, and the line is crazy and moving very slow. And that's <laughs> connected to the young guys who overdosed in the last episode. So security has been kind of beefed up a bit.
0: They're doing the most with the security, though, at this club. Like, yes, let's protect the kids. Let's make sure everybody's having a good time and being safe. But y'all doing the most. I mean, come, I, that's the absolute most. <laughs> Are they doing it in the straight clubs?
1: probably not okay
0: and, but they got the whole damn squad unit over here at babylon mm-hmm. like that's what we're doing okay yeah
1: but basically they're not happy about the fact that it's difficult and they're waiting out in the cold to get into this club emmett says well you can thank brian for this you know it's because of chief stockwell who's brian supporting you you can thank him for that well brian pulls out a guest pass and he's like oh just one guest for and one guest and <laughs> He leaves imminent head out in the cold. Uh, yeah, to be uh, subjected to license and drug checks by by security. Then we go over to the shanty, and Ethan and Justin are there uh, having a little bubble bath together. And um, Ethan gets a phone call from Glenn, and he nearly kills both of them answering the phone in the water. There, I was like, "Are they gonna get electrocuted? <laughs> like, is that what That'd happens?" That'd be a weird twist. Yeah, turn for this for this episode. For yeah. Really? <laughs> Well, it's great news. Someone's misfortune has worked in his favor. They need to fill-in for the Harrisburg Symphony. And this will be Ethan's first concert. So, pretty big deal for him. And he tells Justin that he wishes he could be there with him. And Justin wishes he could be there, too. So, we find out that they're going through with this whole secret love affair thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, last week, I had so much to say. <laughs> I had so much to say. um, But, like, just go for it. I don't know. I don't kind of...
1: Uh, I know. Because, uh, like... I get it, but I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Like, kind of oh. thing. And I feel like if this relationship, if you have to hide or is, and it's going to kill your career, then I don't think, I think maybe you should come back to it. You know what I'm saying? A right. little later. like, Yeah. I don't think it's fair to either one of them. It's not fair to Ian, a.k.a. Ethan. <laughs> okay. Or <laughs> yeah. Ethan, a.k.a. Ian. Whichever one you want to go with. It's not fair to him that he has to choose between something he's worked his entire life for. And it's definitely not fair to Justin for someone who... I mean, he literally left his whole family. He left everything he knew as normal, you know what I'm saying, to live his truth. So it's like, it's not fair to either one. And I just, ugh, it just makes me feel nasty inside.
1: Yeah, and I know this is a situation that has, this decision has to be agreed upon by both parties. And it might be a case-by-case thing, and there might be some people where it works for them. But I don't know. I just hmm yeah just i don't love it right. i don't, I don't like love it either it, yeah. i mean even if i can understand it and i can say okay well this is what he needs to do for his career i'm just like i don't know that they're i don't know that they're at that place in their relationship
0: no it's too like new
1: that. and they're they're so young yes. too and just
0: like mm-hmm. and did you see the hurt on justin's face i mean mm-hmm. like clearly he understood and i mean because he said yes let's do this so like why would you do this with someone you just getting with and is making you compromise Exactly who you are.
1: Yeah, it's like he's going along with it, but not necessarily because he is okay with it. Right. But it's just like, okay, this is for you. This is your thing. But this, yeah,
0: that's the ultimate gift. What is Ethan giving back to him? Because all Ethan talks about is money, 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 money. I wish I had this. I want to do this. I want to buy you this. Blah, blah, blah. Justin comes to money. I don't think money is sexy to him. You not, know, not like,
1: necessarily no.
0: Like that's that's not appeasing. It's not you know. It's like you can't get me with that. That's what I come from. You know what? Justin is giving the ultimate gift. Putting himself back in the closet, basically. What can you give me, Ethan?
1: Well, here he gives him a ring. Um, They were not very expensive, but he was told they were one of a kind. And uh, he bought two of them. Redeeming. Uh, and he says it's a way for them to be th- be together even when they are apart.
0: So. It's so cute. I mean, he really does have the best words. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> the boy, is he should write a Mac Daddy book. The boy is smooth. <laughs> he really is, though. I just don't yeah. like it.
1: <laughs> I don't. We'll 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 come back to the whole ring deal later. Uh, over at Vanguard, Brian and Gardner are there reviewing one of the ads that Jim Stockwell, his team has created um, and put together for his campaign. And we watch it, and it's just like, mm, that's kind of stale. But his team, when it's over, they look at Brian like, "What now, sucker?" <laughs> mm. <laughs> they look so smug and sure. And they asked Brian what he thinks, and he's like, "Yeah, that was boring. It put me right to sleep. Doesn't hold back.
0: But it was though. It, it, it really was, was. Yeah. It's like he'd been talking to you guys for weeks, and you didn't take not one note.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so they said, well, ninety six percent of the audience that we showed this to approved it, and then. Well, come to find out, it's 96 percent of your loyal supporters like they've all, they're already convinced. So that's not swaying <laughs> any votes. What Brian says, you have to target the undecided voters, the ones who won't go for a, a law and order candidate. And so Jim is kind of like, ooh, I don't know. Like You can tell he's wanting to hear what Brian says, but it just sounds so different and he's so unsure. And so he gets up to walk out this little meeting, I guess, is over. And Brian has a conversation with him as they're walking to the elevators. And he's like, well, tell me what you like. What are your hobbies? What are your routines? And he he goes to the gym. He plays sports. He likes to build model airplanes. What Brian is doing is pulling out all these things that make him relatable. And Brian says, no one can relate to a stiff in a uniform. <laughs> and uh, well, Gardner's like, whoa, easy, Brian. <laughs> but, uh, well, Jim says... I don't mind the truth, even if you use it like an assault weapon.
0: And that's why we love Brian, though. Yeah. Because he's going to light your ass up. He's going to fire you up with those truth bullets, and they might sting. You know, they're going to hurt. They're going to sting. But you know it's the truth. You know you're not getting anything sugar-coated. He's going to lay it right there at your feet. And this man actually believed because you know politicians politicians probably get people telling them, yes, 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 you're yeah. great, 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 all the time. Brian has told this man not one great thing about himself. Mm-hmm. Not once. So all he's told him, you need to do this, you need to fix this, da da. Like I'm guarantee you, if you do this, you'll get your results. Everything everything that his campaign is doing now is trash. It's garbage. I mean, like it's you
1: said, just basic and boring and yeah.
0: Boring. <laughs> You need someone like Brian that's edgy, that doesn't care about pissing people off, Mm -hmm. that doesn't care saying what he wants to say, you know? You need someone like that that's going to push that envelope, that's going to put you to the edge. And that's what Stockwell needs.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, Brian tells him, stop selling yourself as a hero and start selling yourself as just an ordinary man. Just be a person, a human being, who happens to have the power to do something to change the status quo or change what's going on, which is very good advice. Like, that's what people... Definitely undecided people uh, want to see just like a real human being. So Absolutely. that's what Brian tells him put that forward instead of these like stale old cookie cutter ads and campaigns and commercials. So Ted and Emmett are having lunch at the diner, and Melanie and Lindsay are there looking over Emmett's shoulder at his renovation and decoration designs for their new house. And Lindsay says like he might need to rethink some of that because they're not going to be in the gay ghetto, they're moving to a more traditional more reserved neighborhood is how Melanie puts it. She says that they should think about trying to fit in rather than standing out. And the girls are like, yeah, think about like our house. <laughs> and uh I get where they're I get where they're coming from because they're like, you're moving into their, to their norm and their what they're used to. And so you want to try to blend in, but
0: you can't tell them anything like that. So I think saying something like that to Emmett, and not so much Ted, but definitely Emmett, it's almost kind of like the same situation of Justin. Put him in the back in a box that they fought so hard to come out of. Right. You're throwing them in back, you know what I'm saying, taking them a million steps backwards.
1: Right. And especially for Emmett, who last episode was looking at the house that is more traditional and um just kind of basic and bland. And he was like, no, that's not me. That's not an expression of who I am. And so mm-hmm. he really wants his home to be an expression of who he is. He wants it to be a place where he belongs. And then they're telling him, well, you need to belong with them in that neighborhood. And so... Yeah, I think it's just... Yeah, no, nah, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't... Uh, that didn't sit well with me either.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I didn't get it furious or anything, but I was like, uh, right. uh, that's but not it, I get where, I
1: get where they're coming from, yeah. but I'm like, I don't... I, I don't, yeah, agree. I don't but agree. But
0: yes, yeah. I, I, I totally understand why you said it and where you're coming from, but no, nah, I don't agree.
1: Um, Debbie comes over with some tea and she says, well, you didn't hear it from me or my cop boyfriend, but there's a certain police chief running for mayor who's targeting businesses who pander to... Web whackers is, <laughs> is what it is, but Ted's not worried because he says he's thorough um he's very careful in in how he runs his business so he's not even worried about that he's like, let them come it's fine. But Ted does thank her for, for the heads up. And she says, don't thank me as Brian walks in. Thank Benedict Arnold Kinney. <laughs> <And, laughs> Leave it to Debbie. Yeah, Brian comes in for some lunch and he wants some split pea soup to go. And Debbie tells Justin to grab it and to feel free to pee in it. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, mm. Brian tells her she should really learn to separate personal feelings from business because that's where he's still at right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think even after you know after seeing that article last week that Stockwell wanted to use to his advantage. I think Brian is realizing I'm probably going to have some personal feelings and thoughts that don't line up with what I'm doing professionally. And so I think for him, he's he's had to make that separation. And so he's like, you ought to be be able to do the same thing too. But it ain't as easy for some people. So Brian goes to the counter to pay for his $3 soup and he hands Justin a 20. And he notices a little something on Justin's finger And he asks him where he got the ring, and Justin says it's from Ethan. Brian kind of adjusts his shoulders there, you know, because, yeah, I think that might have just thrown him a little bit. Girl, it was Justin throwing a punch to
0: the chin, okay?
1: He sarcastically says, oh, how romantic, to which Justin retorts, you know, a
0: lot you know about romance. Yeah, fuck off. You don't know anything (laughs) about no romance, all right? Like, bag back.
1: Well, Brian tells him to keep the change, and that's a pretty big tip. And Brian says that he could use it to buy Ethan some flowers. I'm sure he'd like that. And then he storms on shady out of there. Shady boots. Yeah. He's
0: so shady.
1: Now, keep in mind, the last time we saw them speaking was in the back room at Babylon. Oh, it was When good. Yeah, when Brian lashed out at Justin, and Justin got to see kind of how hurt and angry Brian was about him leaving and about the whole Ethan situation. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, Brian had the upper hand because because um, Ethan took the bait yeah he thought he would revealed Ethan's true colors you know they're necessarily bad I think it just shows that not all that glitters is gold Ethan's or gold. it just shows that yeah.
0: Ethan yeah good it. play yeah. on words yeah. or it just shows that um Ethan is young you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it to me it really showed Brian's true colors that you a grown man try to come in between these kids <laughs> love you know what I'm saying so you look. You said you unbothered, no. but you look real bothered to me, Mister Kenny.
1: He was definitely. He was definitely bothered. I wouldn't phrase it the way you did, but he was definitely, definitely bothered.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, y'all know I got the love hate relationship with Kenny. <laughs> I do, but I love working your nerves on I your know boy. You okay, I love work- because I I hated my own man. Now, I mean, I came in here loving Michael. Yeah, now I look at him. I'm yeah, like, yeah,
1: you'd have left him behind. I know. So, <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm like,
0: uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm destroying everybody's love. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so Brian unleashes some of that hurt and anger, and then he immediately felt bad for hurting Justin. At least, I think he did. And now, even when Ian has taken the bait and has put put baby in the corner and in the closet, <laughs> Justin's out here wearing Ethan's ring. Mm-hmm. And so, you dang alright, Brian marched himself about that diner. Quick. <laughs> but, uh, so, as Justin watches him leave, I think Justin's trying to figure out what to do with him. And I think that that scene at Babylon kind of helped Justin realize what's going on in Brian's mind a little bit. So I think he, cause he's not holding that comment against him here. Cause right. if he was, he wouldn't even talk to him or deal with him. And so he's not just washed his hands of Brian. But, um, what I do see here, I think that that ability to read Brian and to read between his lines and decipher his body language it's and an all that. It's an
0: advantage for Justin. Well,
1: I think it's coming back to Justin. Mm-hmm. Remember he had lost that in season two. And so I think that's kind of coming back and that ability to go toe to toe with him and walk away unscathed. Like that's coming back too.
0: Cause like you Brian be threw a, it
1: at him, he threw it right back. <laughs> you
0: got to be a strong individual to hang with Brian, okay? Yeah. And Justin go toe to toe. Yeah, and
1: he and now he can walk away unscathed and not be like hurt like he was in season two. Right. So he's kind of getting some of that, some of that back. You know, that was lacking in season two. that thing that made him feel more like an equal in that in that relationship. So I think that's starting to come back to him. Absolutely. Uh, so we see Ben walking around the house like he hasn't been like pendulum swinging for the last <laughs> however many weeks. But anyway, like don't come over here with those old up muscles and those gray sweatpants and that protein shake. Well,
0: girl, don't describe him <laughs> like that now, because you can come over here. You say, come sit on my couch.
1: But I mean, he has lost his mind and his temper repeatedly on Michael, and now he's just acting like everything's all
0: good. I know, and he didn't bring any gifts, no nothing. Like what the hell, bro? <laughs>
1: You guys can clearly see the way back into Ken's good graces is a gift.
0: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> A little something, okay? A little baby blue box. It starts with a T. <laughs> That's where you start at, okay?
1: Michael is on the computer, and he's doing some research. He says it's for Ben, and when he gives Ben the papers that he prints out, it's about
0: steroids. Mic drop.
1: Yeah, Michael tells him, I saw you. I saw you shooting up, and... He's like, what are you spying on me? Michael says, I know you're using, they're using steroids unless it's heroin, but you know, I'm pretty sure, Like judging by your, the way you've been acting, I'm pretty sure it's uh, steroids. He tells him that, of course I noticed it. We lived together. Well, I'll leave that one untouched because it went a long time before you.
0: <laughs> a long time. So you didn't see shit, okay? It wasn't
1: <laughs> until you literally saw doing it, yeah. Like
0: no, bro, you didn't. You didn't know, okay. Yeah. You didn't. But my thing is, Ben, how the hell are you gonna lie? He just told you what he, what you're doing. Yeah. What? What, what, <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you mean? Why are you stuttering now? Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. I mean, what? what I mean, are you spying? Am I spying? Bruh, you're leaving the door wide the fuck open. Yeah. Okay? You're sitting
1: in the bathroom with the door wide open.
0: Then you were sitting on the bed the first time. Yeah. Like I was sleepy. I came to the room and you sitting there with your ass out. Why well, he ain't never got no clothes on when you're doing it either. At least you can pull up the pants or something and say, Oh no, I had a scratch and I was itching it or something. You know, it was itch. Some, mm-hmm. but brah. Okay, you're doing the most.
1: Yeah, he was getting way too sloppy and too his sloppy. behavior was getting too out of control. too erratic. And so he was bound to be found out. Yeah. Um, he tells Michael it's not a big deal because a lot of guys do it to prevent body wasting. And that's all very true. Uh Brad Fraser, he wrote a really cool memoir, and he's one of the writers on Queer Folk. And so that's what he was saying, is that a lot of times during maybe the late, um, I guess, early, mid to late 90s and early 2000s, a lot of doctors were prescribing steroids to people with AIDS and HIV to prevent wasting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but uh, so that's why Michael asked him, did your doctor prescribe it for you? And then... Ben says no, but anyway, the thing was, nobody wanted to look sick, and they were like, if this is a way to to look healthy or mm-hmm. to prolong life or whatever, then people were people I were taking that. it. I see that for sure. But also, we don't know if Ben is back on his cocktail yet, because remember, his doctors took him off of it yeah. for a while, uh-huh. so this could be Ben self-medicating, in a way. I mean, they all we see them all self-medicate in different ways, True. so it could be that this is the way that Ben is self-medicating.
0: Because his doctors, I mean, I thought the cocktail wasn't working anyway, right? He needed to take a break from it.
1: Yeah, it's because they were gonna switch him around and put him on something different. Yeah, I think, but uh-huh. I guess they're gonna give his body a rest. And maybe they've mentioned that they put him back on something, but even still, he felt like, well, I can't trust on ju- depend on just that. So he's yeah. yeah. But Ben is very defensive throughout this whole conversation, and he's acting like it's no big deal. And he says that he's done research as well, which I I trust that he has. Um, that he has done the research, and he says that he's aware of the side effects. And Michael says, well, we should have at least talked it over. Like, if this is something that you were going to use to to treat yourself or you felt like you needed, we should have at least talked that over. And I think that's valid. I would say,
0: I agree. I definitely agree. I love that Michael came in here and not playing, like, the blame game. He's trying to get understanding, you mm-hmm. know? So I-, I love the way he's handling the whole situation. Because me, it would have been, like, fire and it would have been over, you Yeah, know? Give it to me now and I'm trashing it. <laughs> you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah. Well, and I think had I not known that doctors were prescribing this to people... I would have thought, no, we're not going to talk about you using drugs. No, just right. don't yeah. do it. But exactly. now that I see, like, there's a little bit more to it. Then I'm like, okay, now I see why they this at least warrants a conversation. If he's if it's something that he was gonna gonna do, absolutely. Uh, ben says, "Okay, I'm just trying a cycle to see if it works." And he says, "So far, the advantages are beating the disadvantages." And then he flaunts his very ripped body.
0: Oh, super ripped!
1: And Michael notices and appreciates the change, and so it looks like it's been good for him. Girl, and it's so- been good
0: for him. Yeah. And it was good for Michael that same night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben Sockwell is playing a game of basketball with his son's basketball team. He is the coach of the team, so he's practicing with them, I guess. And this is being filmed, and turns out this is part of Brian's plan to make him more human, more relatable. This is going to be, become a possible commercial for him. And Stockwell is talking about how things were, the good old days before sex and drugs were available on, on every street corner. And he wants to make Pittsburgh family friendly once more. Again, that sounds familiar.
0: Very familiar. I don't even like what that sounds. That sounds really familiar. <laughs>
1: this show was way ahead of its time. Way. Yeah. I'm, I'm just
0: going to start treating it like The Simpsons. Like, yeah, predicting, some predicting some shit? Predicting all kinds of stuff, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Brian tells the cameraman to keep rolling when... Uh, like so, Stockwell does his bit, I guess, and he tells the camera to keep rolling. He tries to get a candid shot of him, and we get Stockwell wiping his brow and flashing his abs and the impacts
0: in the process. Is <laughs> why you need Brian Kenny on your campaign, okay? I mean, from just the start of that scene, I was like, "Oh, this is dope!" Like, because you know we were we've always seen um, um, Stockwell looking very stiff, as Brian like to say. Mm-hmm. So to see him, you know, hanging and loose. And he has some handles on him, too. You know, to yeah. see him out there really doing his thing, it was like, okay, this, this is a good little turn. But then you realize it's the commercial. You're like, damn, Brian got a good eye. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he has the best eye. And then the fact that Brian can add sex appeal to a man who was not sexy at all. No, there I mean, was nothing sexy nothing about sexy him Nothing sexy at all. But him raising that shirt up. I mean, it was just a normal little reaction. He didn't even know the cameras were on. Uh, raising that shirt up and showing that that glistening, dripping, sweaty stomach. Um, well, I mean, it was, it was hot. And it, it, it worked. <laughs> Big ups to you, Brian. I'm proud of you.
1: Uh, Stockwell asks him how it went, and Brian says, well, if I didn't know him better, I'd swear you were Tom Cruise, but there's a, Brian gives him a little, Yo. little up and down he with did. his eyes right he there. Did.
0: No, they both And so there's
1: something in Stockwell's response, because he's like, oh, wait, and girl. then, even as he's walking away, he looks back at Brian. He did the look back! Yeah. Remember what I said about bi-curious men? That part, girl, I
0: know, that <laughs> yeah. look
1: back. My tea is piping hot it right It is, now.
0: girl, I see, <laughs> okay? Shit.
1: Over at Ted's studio, he has his guys all lined up there and he's going through his checklist. When we first watched the scene, I was like, I don't think you saw this. Let me rewind it.
0: I was, I was like, girl, what, what, what the scene started at? I'm looking at the faces, not knowing the breakfast sausages <laughs> right in my face. Okay. <laughs> Baby, the, the skillet was sizzling. The skillet was sizzling. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Ted got some good taste, too. He knows how to employ, all right? Big hubs. To uh, circuit jerk, okay? Yeah,
1: uh, the jerk. Uh, at work. jerk
0: there he is, the jerk at work. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, he's going over. He's asking them. Okay. Does everybody have this? And make sure we do this. And um, he runs a very tight ship, a very clean and dirty operation. He makes sure the fire alarms, the smoke, the t- like the fire alarms, the toilets, everything is all up to code. All the rules and regulations are posted. He has dotted all of his eyes and crossed his t's, and he is ready for inspection. His assistant, Eddie, is there, like, confirming that with him. They are, they're good to go. So we see Ethan, and he is uh, there at the shanty <laughs> doing an interview when Justin and Daphne walk in, and Justin's like, hey, what's going on here? And Ethan says, oh, this is my cousin Justin and his girlfriend Daphne. They like to use my apartment sometimes when I'm not here. And um, he tells him that he's being interviewed for this paper and says, hey, y'all should come back another time. But it almost sounds a bit cold. I guess he's just, like, playing the part, you know, trying to sell this, Girl, this lie. It,
0: it, no, it felt cold as hell, mm-hmm. okay? And, no, he had to be cold, so he let Justin know, like, um, don't come and stop your homegirl if I should say something. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> like, because she don't know what's up. Yeah, So you stop press But it goes back to what I said. I didn't like the way that felt. It didn't make mm-hmm. me feel good. Yeah, I know it made make him feel good. And I always feel bad for Justin because all the, when all the embarrassing shit is happening to Justin, she's always around.
1: Right, you know yeah, because she walks in on a Zucchini Man yeah. and uh, and. See Season 2 and so, 206. Like, and then here, he's coming to his new home now. And then even here, he doesn't feel like out. he can be... Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, this is really his home. I'm so. just like,
0: uh-uh. I don't like it. I don't like any of it.
1: Yeah. um, And I think it even hits Justin a little stronger than he thought it would. Because just kind of on his face, he's like... You can see there's just almost this moment where he wants to just come on out and be like, really, dude? But but he's not going to because that's not who he is. but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Daphne's just he definitely better get Daphne out of yeah, there real quick cuz she's about to she's sp- ready, spill it okay. All. Yeah. Okay,
0: she's ready. Yeah. <laughs> Sis is ready to pounce.
1: Yeah, well the first question after they leave, they leave from the interviewer is um do you have a girlfriend and he says that he prefers not to talk about that. And she says that usually means yes and so he is so selling this. I mean, he's got the grin and the charisma and the charm and, and all that. He does that whole
0: look down, look back yeah, up, yeah, yeah.
1: He's doing a blend of like ego and coy, yes. and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we see Daphne and Justin sitting together outside in the cold, and she is needing an explanation. <laughs> and
0: you had to add that in out in the cold.
1: <laughs> they are out in the cold. He kicked them right out there. And. I'm not surprised that Justin didn't tell her before because you know how, you know, Daphne wouldn't go for that. Nope. And Justin tells her, well, his agent doesn't want anyone to know that he's gay. And Daphne's like, I don't see why any of that matters. I mean, he's a violin player.
0: For real. No, I got, when she said that, I was like, you know what, you sure right, girl. He's a violinist. Why, nobody, he's not doing music videos. You know,
1: like well, Justin doesn't have an answer to that, but he tells her that he agreed to go along with it. And Daphne has to be taken aback by that because she's been through all of Justin's coming out journey with him. And she knows all that he would have sacrificed and lost, but also all that he has gained by being himself. And so she takes a minute to kind of like, you can see her trying to figure, okay, how do I get through to him? What should I say to him? Or how do I really feel about this? And she knows that Justin wouldn't choose this on his own, so it must be tied to this relationship. Yep. And so she says, uh, Brian might not have been everything you wanted in a boyfriend, but he, like, never asked, but he never asked you to lie. And that is true. And Justin says, yeah, well, he didn't have his co- whole career at stake. Well, there was that one time he did, but he wasn't asking Justin to lie. He was just asking Justin to accept that their plans had to change or be canceled, but
0: side story there that part and Justin (laughs) like he just could not go along right yeah he
1: could not go along with that
0: I'm going to Vermont with or without you are you
1: yeah but uh different situation slightly but anyway Daphne says so what you're gonna be his cousin like you're just gonna go along with this and then she tells him you almost died coming out how can you go back in and I think that's what we're all saying Daphne is like speaking for all of us and I love her for shooting straight with him and being outraged on his behalf yeah You know, I think she hates to see Justin accepting what she sees as something very unfair. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's like, that's not fair to you. Well, you were saying earlier, that's not fair to you. I don't like to see you accepting that. Right. But it is his decision, and he talked it over with his boyfriend, and that's what they came to. But she doesn't like to see him giving into it. And and I don't either.
0: Because Justin's stronger than that.
1: Right. Well, he tells her he doesn't want to talk about it. And I think he's because he knows that this isn't really him and his thing. And so he doesn't want the challenge. So Ted and Emmett are at their soon-to-be new house, and they are taking measurements and making plans. And they're like, we're going to hang this here. We could put this over here. And Ted is telling them not to worry about money. Like, hey, make this the home that you want it to be. And Jennifer is there with them. She's there to report that the inspection is going well. Well, I want to point something out because I forgot to do it earlier. The script for season one, Jennifer is like in her 30s, like mid-30s. So (laughs) she's not even 40. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait, so the script for season one, she was literally like a few years older than Brian?
1: Uh-huh. She's in her thirties.
0: That's crazy. And I'm I'm
1: going with it. She I'm I'm holding to that she's in her thirties. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. She she was a team mom.
1: She was she was like. Well, she said she had some she had some pretty wild uh, nights or All whatever right, she let said. Let me find and
0: out she was low key thought before thought was popular. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me find out. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love you anyway, Jan. I, I, you. yeah. I don't judge you on your past, girl. I don't judge you on your past because if we judge you, wouldn't you have no Justin here today.
1: Right. So, thank you. Uh But anyway, there's a knock at the door, and it is Sunny Reed, a neighbor. And she comes in talking about three miles a minute. Um, and she has bought a caramel cake for Ted and Mrs. Schmidt. Well, when she finds out that Mrs. Schmidt is actually Mister Honeycut, her voice climbs about twenty octaves. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, but she does recover and says that they have um the best schools and churches, and they all look out for each other's kids, and just telling them like all these great things about the neighborhood. And she says it's tradition that they host a taco night for the new neighbors, and she wants to do that for them on Friday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean,
0: girl, she extra. Yeah, okay? Look, she I, she one of those neighbors. Judging her off the rip, you know. Like we'll wait till we get go more in detail later on the episode. But uh, off the rip, I'm like, girl, don't ever knock on this door. For again. real,
1: don't come here no more.
0: <laughs> I, I'm getting blackout drapes. You never. We we get in the cars where we can loop around the back to the back entrance. Yeah. You never know when I'm here or not. She is the nosiest little neighbor. She's <laughs> yeah. the, like a little neighbor from Bewitched, that TV show, who always knew what was going on yeah. over there. Elizabeth in the house, like, uh-uh. Like, no, girl. I
1: guarantee you she's the chairperson for their local neighborhood watch. Oh, you know she
0: is, okay? <laughs> she, she's that type. I'm like, oh, hell no. Do not knock on this door ever again.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jennifer is uh, in a turtleneck here. The the Taylors are killing the turtleneck game this it, season.
0: I mean, I'm doing t- <laughs> t- t- TTN. All right, Taylor turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, Turtleneck Taylors. Yeah. TNT.
1: (laughs) Over at Debbie and Vic's place, Michael and Ben have joined them and they are cleaning up after dinner. And they're talking about Ted and Emmett moving on and up uh, and over with the breeders. And Vic doesn't understand that desire. He would rather stay on Liberty Avenue. But uh, Ben doesn't dismiss the idea. He's like, hey, a lot of people want to move over into, you know, neighborhoods like that. Well, as Debbie's doing some dishes and drying things off, she drops her ring between the counter and the fridge. Well, Ben just moves the whole fridge out of the way on his own. So they thank him for doing that. and And as he's walking out to go wash his hands, Debbie notices that Ben has gotten a whole lot bigger. And Michael says, oh, yeah, he's been working out more. But Vic knows that ain't the only thing that he's been doing. And so he's like, yeah, or using steroids. And Debbie immediately latches on to that. She's like, it's poison. It gives you horrible moods. And Michael tells her it's none of your concern. And he says, if it keeps him alive and healthy, then that's all that matters. And uh Uncle Vic says, as long as that's the reason that he's doing it, but he suspects that there could be there could be more to it.
0: I was just thinking like, damn, Uncle Vic is nosy. You know what? <laughs> and also, you already know that Debbie is overprotective of Michael. You already know that Debbie it took a long time for Debbie to even warm up to Ben. Pull Michael aside if you had something to say. Mm-hmm. You've already tried to go talk to Ben privately beforehand, you know, so pull him aside again. You know, if, if he shuts you down, then go to Michael. And if, if he shuts you down, then tell Debbie whatever the case. I just feel like the way Uncle Vic pulled that out at this scene. Clearly, they was having a great night. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way Debbie was loving on Ben, oh, I mean, it was a beautiful scene. It's like, I bet Michael was like, oh my God, I'm living a fairy tale life. But, the way it was delivered, I feel like it was delivered poorly. I'm glad he said it. It's the truth. It needs to be said. He was trying to warn his nephew. I get all of that. I just feel like it wasn't handled in a delicate situation.
1: You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That uh he did call kind of bring up the issue in front of in front of Debbie. But you know that family ain't got no boundaries. No, none. So, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really think about that. But um, you know, it could be that he did it that way on purpose. Like that's the only way to get it. Get it really addressed because you know, Michael will kind of take a back seat and not
0: well, be confrontational
1: on some things. And so maybe that could be why he brought it up in front of her. But he
0: doesn't even know if Michael addressed it at the time because Michael only said, Oh, we discussed it. You don't know what they discussed or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he just started just going in for the juggler. Like, I'm saying, like, I just feel like I just interrupted you no, on, no, on you're your fine. discussion. But literally, I still just felt like he went for the jugular. It, he doesn't even know what was discussed, though. You right, can't go yeah. for the juggler when you don't know what's discussed. Well,
1: and what you're saying, to bring it up and, like, to dr- address it in mixed company like that, because it hadn't been... What you're saying is he should have pulled Michael to the side.
0: And to see what happened. And if Michael was, like, being real defensive and it was on, on Ben's side, then next time y'all together, fire his ass up to his mama, because that's the only way it's going to get handled. Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't even do that, you yeah,
1: know? I yeah, I didn't think about it that way. But I do think Uncle Vic might be on to something that maybe Ben's telling you is just about wasting, but maybe there's a little bit more, maybe there's a little bit more going on there. So we finally get to see Brian's commercial for Sockwell and it looks great. It's a much better approach and can't deny that.
0: No, you cannot. So relatable. Uh it was fun. It felt real. It wasn't stuffy. It makes him look like just a normal human being. Approachable.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, his team doesn't like it that you're making a like a sex symbol out of him, and you're Thank you know, God. taking away from his campaigns. Like, nobody really cares about that anyway.
0: They don't. <laughs> so, no one. Cares. Yeah. Brian did the damn thing. Okay, like I hate Stockwell, but go on. Okay, haters, bad road. I dislike Stockwell, but uh, Brian did that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, Brian. I'm mad and I'm happy at the same time. <laughs>
1: Uh Well, Gardner tells them that there is a science to all of this. Like, there's a reason we're going to target target a demographic of, uh, of females who are 18 to 34 or whatever. And so this is the thing that's going to catch their eye. It's going make to make you stand out to them. And so it's like, we're not just doing it just to do it. Like, we do have a whole plan in, in mind. And so... Jim is taking all this in, and he says, okay, we'll do it. Let's go for it. But he says, he tells Brian, don't turn me into a joke. And he makes a little threat there.
0: <laughs> he so, Brian, if you turn me into a joke, I'm going to have your boss.
1: Right, okay? and Gardner says, if he does that, I will give them to you. So- I believe him, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Gardner's getting the coin, okay? Like, he's going to do whatever he needs to do for the company.
1: So. Yeah. Then Ted is home with a copy of the new Traviata CD, and uh, Emmett comes out and looks like he's been body snatched by, like, some middle-aged um, you know, accountant or something. He's, like, swapped roles with Ted. Yeah. has got his hair, like, brushed over to the side with a sweater vest on. I was like,
0: who is this? Like, yeah. wh- what are you doing?
1: And not only has he changed his personal look, he has changed his design approach for for their house. and. It's very dull and understated. And he's yeah. like, you know, maybe we do need to try to fit in with our neighbors. And he says when he was younger, he always dreamed of belonging, of being in one of those houses that the the richer or, you know, one of those people lived in, you know, the more like, I guess, high class of, right. of society, the more accepted people in society lived in. And so now that that dream is coming true for him and he can live in a home like that, he wants to not stand out and not be labeled. He wants to feel like he belongs there. And I really love Ted in this scene because he is like, you do belong there, but as
0: Emmett. True. <laughs> you know? It was really the role reversal for sure. Emmett became Ted and Ted became Emmett. Emmett was just so sweet and encouraging this whole moment for him, letting him know that, hey, this is who you are and this is what makes you special. And if they don't like it, then fuck them. Where is that fuck them at? You know what I'm saying? Like, where is he? Because... The normal Emmett would never worry about what someone else was going to say about you. You were going to be fabulous and great on your own. And that's the end of it, you know? So I love how he was just building it back up.
1: In the locker room at the gym, Brian catches Ben mid-drug deal. And uh, mm-hmm. Ben's mm-hmm. like, oh, didn't see you standing there. <laughs> but, uh,
0: Silly, yeah. but you're not even... He's not even slick buying the drugs. Right. You? He's just out in the open, Ben. So
1: sloppy. And he tells Brian, well, it's not what you think. And Brian says, I think it's exactly what I think. And he says, Michael told me that he was going to talk to you about this. Like, basically, I already know because Michael told me, I've also been watching your behavior. And now I straight up just saw it. Yep. And uh, he says, well, we did talk. You know, Michael gets it. He understands. And then... But that's not good enough for, for Brian because no. he knows Michael. is like, Michael's probably just going to go along with something because you told him that it was fine and he'll just follow you along with that. True. And Ben tells him, you need to mind your own business. And then Brian says, I would, but it's not just you. Like, if, it, if it was only about you, I would mind my own business. But you're going to take Michael down with you. And Brian, Ben just lunges at him. He's like, I don't need to be lectured by the biggest whore in Pittsburgh. And You're lucky you're not positive.
0: That was just awful. I mean, way too aggressive. That's the number one sign right there. Put the shit down, Ben. Yeah. Put it down. Like, I mean, your mood swings are just unpredictable. It's just crazy. You put your hands on this man, for one. And then, I mean, those words you were just saying. I mean, I know he's hurt to hurt people, hurt people. But damn, bro. Like, that was terrible.
1: Well, and even in this scene, I noticed that Brian stood very close to him, but not to be threatening. He was, and he kept his voice low. So Mm -hmm. even in calling him out on something major like this, he was doing it. In a way to not embarrass him in front of everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking very, very calmly and quietly the whole time, but Ben was not. And yeah, just to say those like, you don't deserve to say anything to me about my behavior. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're you're lucky that you're not positive. And so basically saying you sh- it should be you. It's kind yeah, of what he's, basically what what he's what he said, yeah. yeah, it's nothing but luck. Like it should be it should be you that's here. And a lot of what it's tricky with Ben because a lot of what he's going through. I mean, you get this with people who have AIDS, HIV, who have cancer, who have any kind of anything where psychologically it has a whole toll and, you know, thing that it does to you also. And so I don't always want to just like point the finger or or wag my finger at him like bad Ben, bad Ben, because I know that this is a difficult thing and he keeps having to come to terms with it in different ways, even though he's had it for a couple of years now, like. The partner who gave it to him passed away. His partner is having a child with someone. That's something that he can't do. He just had a basically a near-death experience. And so it keeps coming back up. And so I know that this is taking a toll on him emotionally and psychologically. But at the same time, you're still responsible for your behavior. So it's, it's very interesting, I would say, his story. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, we can't make excuses for him, but we can definitely understand why he's acting out. He has no one to turn to. Everybody else has families. Michael is all, all he has. And he feels like he's probably losing that because of the baby.
1: Yeah, so he was he was harsh here, but it's, it's what you said. Hurt people hurt people. That's exactly that's what it is. Um. Back at the shanty, uh, Justin is in a bit of a mood. He's there with Ethan. And Ethan's like, hey, what's going on with you? And Justin's like, oh, you know, Daphne was pissed about how you handled the thing earlier, but I think Justin was pissed and going the Daphne route wasn't in. Was an and he says, um, he says, is this how it's going to be? Lying and playing games and and then you're going away. So it's like, really? Okay, what are we doing in this relationship? Like, what are we getting out of this? You know, aside from these little quiet moments here at the house, but even with that, how many do we have? If you're going to be going on on, on the road, on, on the road mm-hmm. and on tours and all this stuff, if your whole point in doing this is to be successful, well, success could look like you being in the public eye all the time and then... And
0: there's no me. Yeah,
1: that mm-hmm. means I'm way back in the corner somewhere. And Ethan tells him, well, if this works, we could have an amazing life. I'm like, yeah, but you've got no plan in mind for when you can do away with this whole sham and just be like, actually, this is my partner mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah... Um, but he he wants to buy them a farmhouse with a studio and a practice room. And Justin says that he's a a big dreamer and he's um quite a romantic. This is before Ethan is getting ready to go do his uh his performance at, um at the Harrisburg, Harrisburg Symphonia. and so he tells him it's going to suck being there without you. Like, how am I going to perform without my muse? And they talk through it. And I guess that's a good thing that they're able to he's talk through this. He's good it. with his
0: words. I'm, I mean, you can't deny that. You can't deny that the man is hella good with his words. He can make Justin, you know, forget about anything. He's really smooth.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I like that, though. Because...
0: Yeah, I, mean, I know. I'm, I'm not yeah, trying to say I like it, because, I mean, he's a manipulator.
1: Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. I definitely read it. I read it at, okay... You're getting benefits from this. I think you, I get that you're saying down the road, you want to buy us this farmhouse and we're going to do all this great stuff. But it's just like right now. What, what is in benefits? the moment? Yeah. That's what I was saying yeah. you know, earlier. Yeah. Like,
0: what can you give me? You can't give me right. shit right now.
1: I mean, I'm getting to stay at the shanty, but yeah. really, what is, what is that? part.
0: <laughs> I mean, because if he go off and get rich, you know what I'm saying, rich and famous and you know, they still in the closet and then he decides right. to be Justin. And I'm
1: just, what uh, well, yeah, am I supposed to, like, live here as your maid yeah, or your, like, like, random cousin
0: who's just here all the time? Yeah, like, or, no, it's not going to work doing? like that. Like, no. Yeah. And I, I can see Justin turning that out, you know what I'm saying, real quick.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Michael shows up to get Brian, and they're on their way to, to... Michael is doing a lot of Babylon, and to have so much going on in his personal relationship, like, That's he's why. doing
0: a lot of clubbing. That's why he's clubbing. It, it could
1: be, I guess. Maybe he's uh, taking a page out of Brian's book Yeah, and coping over at, at Babylon part. with his best friend. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he shows up to get Brian and Brian is half-dressed and, uh, you know, he kept that shirt off on purpose just to be able to show
0: Michael. You know he did, (laughs) okay. yeah. Because Michael still didn't see it. Although he turned, you know, Mm -hmm. in the bathroom, in the room, Michael didn't see it. When he came out, he was like, and I have this. (laughs) Yeah. He had to point it out. Like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, you're going to see this today.
1: But yeah, he shows him this very nasty mark on his back and, uh. Michael's like, did one of your tricks get too out of control?
0: I'm like, uh.
1: And he says, no, one of yours. He uh, tells him that Ben basically shoved him into the lockers when he called him out. And Michael's like, well, why did you even say anything?
0: That part right there, though, like, why did you even say anything? Bro, I'm, I'm here for your defense.
1: Right. I only said it with you in mind. Yeah. yeah. But Brian's like, well, well he shouldn't be doing a drug deal out in the open. You know, he's a professor at a at a college here and just he just shouldn't be doing that. Mm-mm. And well, I think Brian is a little upset that Michael is not making a bigger deal out of this. He's like, "Don't just roll over and accept this, Michael. Like this, this. If this continues to get like this, like look what he just did to me. You could be next. You're you know? definitely if be you next. happen to catch him at the wrong time, you could be next. Uh so it's like you need to make more of a, a bigger deal about this. So we'll have to see if Michael changes his uh his tune about about Ben after seeing Brian hurt." Um, we see Ethan and, uh, he is heading out. He's getting ready to leave and Justin is seeing him off and this is his first concert and Justin can't go. And so.
0: Yeah, but it's something beautiful about the scene though. Like Justin is just so happy that his man is living his dream and that he was able to say, yes, I'm cool with you doing this. Go live your dream. I know I can't be there, but. We're we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. You know, like they experienced something it was something so cute about I think it. he
1: is trying to make it work. Yeah, he is he making really an is. effort to make it work mm-hmm. and say, Okay, I understand why you're doing this, why this is important and so I'm not gonna be the one to to hinder it right. or be in the way. And so he he is making an effort to make this work. And so he at least like I can at least do this part. I can see you off and wish you good luck. True. Anywho. So, turns out, Brian's commercial paid off. Surprise, surprise. Stockwell has gone up eight points um, just from this this change in his campaign here. And so, Jim asks, okay, what's next? And Brian tells him, keep your face in the news. Basically, I'll take care of the rest. So,
0: yeah. stay
1: out there. Keep the people talking about you. That
0: part. He was like, good or bad. He was like, <laughs> they, they, they just did a release on you. Like, good or bad. He was like, it doesn't matter as long as they're talking, okay? Yeah. Listen, listen to Brian and you in good hands. That's all I'm going to
1: say. <laughs> yeah. Ted and Emmett are headed over to the welcome party. They decided to go, and Ted tells him, like we do belong in this neighborhood, like this is our home. we live here we're we're going to live here like we we belong here. We have every right to be here. And so they go up to the house, you know he's giving him this little this little encouragement and Sunny is there, and she is being a great hostess. She introduces them to everyone, and they all love uh she, what <laughs> Fred and Emil. <laughs> so, yeah. And they tell another neighbor tells them, "Oh, we love that show, Gay as Blazes. We love that." And she's yeah. like, "You know what? Gay people have the same problems as us." And It's like, "Oh my gosh,
0: really?" You don't say, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah,
1: but what I do appreciate is they're all trying. Like, some are trying to relate to them. Like, oh, we have um. You know, I have a sister who's a lesbian. He's like, oh, I can top that. My brother is... A- <laughs> yeah, he
0: was like, yeah, my brother is high. You're like, yeah. I mean, on it. Well, okay. he, he
1: uses a word that... Um, and Ted and him are like, oh, no, that's not the word we use no. for that. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, But they know this guy doesn't know that. And so...
0: But yeah. it's fun seeing how they all wanted to be nice and welcoming mm-hmm. to, you know... To That's the what new, they were trying they, to do. They were trying yeah. to. They
1: were laying it on pretty thick and maybe saying yeah. some wrong things and going about some things the wrong way, but they were but trying knew to... you from a good place. Yeah, they were yeah. trying to relate to them, at least at this point. They it, were trying to welcome them in.
0: Because I was worried in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like, I thought they were going to walk into a scene where it's going to be like the other way some around. Some kind of
1: intervention yeah. or a trap or something. exactly. Yeah. It
0: was like a trap, and it was going to be the worst thing in the world. But, I mean... I don't judge a book by its cover. And I actually will say, um, what's her name? Sunny. Sunny, like you said, she was really a good host. She was really trying to make the night go smooth and make everybody She'd feel... She had already
1: prepped everybody yeah, about she Yeah, she uh-huh. mm-hmm. I, yeah,
0: did. I like that energy. It was really good.
1: Uh, well, we see Ethan, and he must have had a great performance because he's getting all the praise from all the people. And Glenn comes over and tells him he already has an invitation for an emerging artist show. So... This paid off. Him going and doing this symphony paid off. And there's more to come, um, which is good news for, for him. Well, as we're scanning the crowd, we see that Justin did come. He didn't oh. want him to do this on his own. He wanted to be there to support his man. So he did come.
0: And he looking good, too, y'all. Like I, I almost cried when I saw yeah. him in the audience. Like, I was really blown away. I, that was so damn sweet. Yeah,
1: good on him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good He's a good boyfriend. He's going up to i probably go and surprise him and tell him, like, hey, I'm here. You did great. And right before he goes up the steps, a guy comes over to talk to Ian. And Justin's like, ooh, let me just see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And so he's watching them very closely to see what's going on in this interaction.
0: Girl, I mean, I, I would have the same thing. Big ups to you, Jay. Um, I would have slow trail. I would have looked. And I would have been trying to—I don't read lips, but I would have been definitely trying to read them, Okay. What's going on? Cause they still fresh. So I want to know how you are when you when I'm not with you. Right. Cause this is the first time they've been apart. And you're getting all
1: this praise. Yeah. People are loving you. For real. And doting on you. I want to see how, how do you, you handle act? that. Yeah. yeah. How do you
0: act when the pressure is on? You know what I'm saying? Do you really think about me, or is you finna turn up and really show your ass? So we about yeah. to see. I would a slow trail, red lips. I thought Justin <laughs> did everything right. Okay. Everything right. You don't. You don't look crazy. Yeah. You don't look crazy. Trust me. Yeah. Well, if you do, you look good crazy.
1: So we don't know what happens. It could be that it's nothing. It could be that it's something. It could be that he's, you know, we don't know uh, what happens. And Justin kind of doesn't either. I think he doesn't know what to do or what to think about about this. But it's, I think that's just something he definitely didn't factor in because there had never been a threat of that or even yeah. a hint of that <clears throat> at any point before in their relationship. And so Mm-mm. this is the first time I was like, wait a second, is this a thing that I'm going to have to be worried about? So... Yeah.
0: They hit me from left field. I didn't see that. hmm I mean, I still don't know what happened, so I don't, don't want to put that on them. But at the same time, like, it ain't looking right. Antenna's up.
1: <laughs> then Back at the taco party, they are all still loving Ted and Emmett. And um, there is a doorbell, and two officers are there looking for Theodore Schmidt. And then they come in. And he is under arrest. They tell him for contributing to the delinquency of a minor because he has an underage employee. And Ted's like, "No, I take I check everyone's IDs. Like, no, everyone who works for me is of age, and I made sure of it." And they said, "Well, not not Eddie the assistant. He is only seventeen. Shame on you, Eddie. You knew that when te- when Ted was going through all these like checks. checks and all this stuff. You knew you were lying to him."
0: Yeah, I mean, like, come on now. That's why it mm, no, ugh. I'm just, ugh, I'm, that really made me upset. I thought the cops were some damn strippers. I was like, oh, Ted didn't hurt, Emmett didn't hurt the strippers to come through. At the, or, at the straight Sunny house. did.
1: She thought that's what the,
0: that part, okay. the gay neighbors would want. They know? wanted the strippers. Yeah. Okay, Sunny, come on through.
1: Yeah, but as they're saying this, they're putting like all of Ted's business out there. Like, yep, your pornography website that you run, you have this minor working for you. And it's really just making Ted look awful mm. in front of all these new neighbors. And so you hear them whispering in the background, oh, you never know about people. Or, mm, we, you know, we dodged a bullet there, yeah. that kind of thing. And Emmett is trying to smooth things over as he leaves, but he is just as much in shock as they are. And he's like, oh, thank you for everything. You know, we'll we'll see y'all later. Bye. Yeah, but he doesn't have a clue what's going on as Ted is being taken out by these by these two officers. Um, and yeah, it is kind of odd that they would come over there to get him. But I guess if they went to their house and somebody saw them, you, obviously that neighborhood is nosy and somebody saw the officers knocking they coming and they outside. And they were like, oh, he's actually next door. The first Karen's. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. The yeah, first Karen's. There's a whole Karens.
1: lot of Karen's over there. Mm-mm. Um, so we see Ben and he is uh hugging the porcelain there in the bathroom. And then he comes out and he says, Oh, it must be something I ate. And like, yeah, or the steroids, Ben. <laughs> and um he again is trying to dismiss it and blow it off. And then Michael tells him, You hit Brian. And it's like that's what it took for Mike for Michael to see. Oh, this is you. Actually, might have a problem. Like this might be out of your control. And um, he tells him you're acting crazy. Well, then Ben really starts acting crazy. Yeah, <laughs> then, crazy. So Michael changes where words, like, okay, you're not crazy, but you're just, you know, you're kind of all over the place. And then Ben says, well, you don't understand anything. You don't know what it's like to wake up every morning and remember that you have this thing. And then even with that, there's this fear that he could always give it to Michael. And so that's what I talked about. Like the there's a whole there's more depth to what's going on in Ben than just, like, I mm-hmm. want to maintain my body. I want to have big muscles. There's a lot more going on with it. And so I do feel like this is a form of self-medicating, not just to prevent wasting, but to just, I don't know, I think he needs to throw himself into something. And so he's throwing himself into the gym and building his body to try to avoid thinking about yeah.
0: some of this other stuff. Absolutely. I can, ugh. Yeah. Sad, but I mean it happens.
1: Yeah, it does happen. And so that's why I know a lot of people don't like the steroid storyline in this show. Or not a lot of people, but some people don't like the steroid storyline. But I feel like you had to include that. If you're gonna yeah. deal with characters who have HIV and AIDS around this time, around the late nineties and the early two thousands, you have to deal with the reality of that of that condition at that time. And part of it was was this was steroid use. Mm-hmm. And I do just love how they I like the different angles that they show us with characters who have HIV or AIDS. Right. Know? Like with Vic and then with Ben and how they show us different ways that it affects... different approaches. How they live their life and how they can find joy and happiness and love in their life, but also some of the real challenges of it, too.
0: And also how the um, disease affected people differently. I mean, right. Vic was damn near dead, and now he's vibrant, you know? Mm-hmm. And and he's older. And then you look at Ben, he's young and youthful, but he's terrified and that he's going yeah, next. Yeah, and we...
1: It, and when we first met Ben, it looked like he was doing great at coping with everything. Right. But now, like, all of this stuff was just a little bit surface. below the surface. Mm-hmm. And it just needed to be kind of scratched a little bit. And then, you know, there it is. So, yeah, things are difficult, intense there. And then Ben ends this, this little argument by saying, it says, sometimes I think it would be better if I was with someone who was positive.
0: It's extremely hurtful but I but I see why he would say it. It's, yeah, cuz it's, cause it's like you plan. don't
1: under you don't not all not just the risking it's not just about risking infecting Michael, but it's also like you don't understand what I'm going through. The on things that are, the things that are a challenge for me or that are hard for me or that I have to think about, you can't relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of Lashing. telling him there's a way that we're never going to be able to connect because because we don't have this thing in common. And so it does even if it's rooted in something that's very very true and very important and possibly significant, it also comes across as very hurtful Mm -hmm. to Michael. Over at Woody's, we see Justin and he is alone at the bar with a drink in his ring and turns out Brian is there and he sees him. Brian's looking good in this scene, by the way.
0: (laughs) Girl, hella good, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he sees Justin sitting there and there's this moment where Brian almost has to like have this internal pep talk with himself to, before he can go over there. Because girl,
0: he was about to go over there and be an ass. He had to a straight <laughs> yeah. dick move, Brian.
1: Yeah, but I think he like takes him in as he really sees him there. And I think, I feel like this is Brian reminding himself that this is Justin. So even though he would be happy that there is trouble in paradise and that he yeah. had something to do with that. Justin is hurting or at least unhappy, and Brian cares about that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want Justin to be hurting or unhappy. And also, it's like, this is Justin that he's still in love with, who is wearing another man's ring, Mm. the ring of the person that he left him for. And Mm. so it's like all of this in there, but even with that whole combination of things, it's still Justin. He still cares about him. He sees that something's not right with him. And so Brian's not going to just avoid it but he checks himself and he doesn't go over there with the sarcasm that he usually would go over
0: there Very with. Very proud moment for me.
1: Yeah, and he goes over and sits next to sits next to Justin and there's a little flinch in Justin and I feel like he probably already knows that it's Brian before he He you
0: know, felt Brian behind him. Yeah, I him, think he okay? could yeah, he
1: can just kind of feel his presence there and then Brian sits next to him and as Justin downs his, the last of his drink and Brian asks if he can buy him another one and he says no thanks. And then he says, where's your fiancé? And Justin says, playing somewhere. And Brian already knows what's going on with it. He's like, he's off playing somewhere and you have to be here because you have to be hidden. And now you're dealing with the reality of that. And it's got you sitting at the bar alone drinking. So when you haven't been at the bar in forever, so he already knows what all is going on. He doesn't have to say it because he knows and he knows that Justin knows Mm -hmm. that he knows. And um, he tells them, well, luckily you have this. And he taps Justin's ring and he says, see ya. And I think what he's highlighting is...
0: Y'all have a commitment.
1: Well, see, that's not how I saw it.
0: <laughs> what did you Go ahead. Well,
1: see, I saw it as he's like, yeah, a whole load of good that that ring is doing there now if you still feel this way. So basically, like, that's another... A it's dead. a gesture. that's a, Well, I think he's saying how much weight do those gestures and those words have
0: mm.
1: when you're still sitting here alone? Uh. Yeah.
0: Damn. That was good. You hit me with a three-piece combo? You hit me with a three-piece combo? That was good. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Oh, like yeah. That's,
1: that's kind of how I see it. And then he gets up and walks off and he's leaving Justin with that because that's been his thing. Even in last episode, it was like, he's full of all these words. Even in season two, it was like, he's telling you all this great stuff, but really... What weight is there to any true. of that? But also, I think what he's doing is being there without even like highlighting that he's there or saying anything about it. He's actually being there, which is very significant and important. He's being there for him in case he needs him to talk or just being present just because he cares about him.
0: So true. Wow. Wow.
1: You opened my eyes. Good luck. So so he gets up and uh, he leaves him there and we see Justin and he pulls out a match and lights it and I think one of the first things that people go to with that is that flame is still burning for for Brian. Absolutely, you know, we, we saw an episode a little while ago where Brian left the door open. Now yeah. we've got Justin with the flame still going. I'm
0: telling you, they're yeah. yeah. Us. They're and you know us.
1: that's why it's so important to make sure that feeling is dead, because otherwise you bury it alive and it will claw its way to the surface it is at coming. some point. Okay. Yeah. But another thing that I saw with this, like m- something burning down, you know, this mm, thing with mm-hmm. with Ethan, I kind of saw it as I wonder if. If it's something like that, where... So, it could be this flame that's, like, mm-hmm. something still burning bright for him, but also, like...
0: Right. Oh, there's, smoke, you know, so yeah, you there's get, smoke. Yeah, there's some smoke. Yeah, where there's smoke, mm-hmm. there's, there's fire. fire.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, we definitely saw some smoke earlier yep, regarding yep, yep. Ethan, so... So we'll see. But anyway, that is the, that's the end of this episode. For
0: one, can we, why didn't we have like an hour and 30 minute episode?
1: I know, because this episode took me everywhere. And it like uh, didn't get me
0: enough of what, you
1: know, of anything. If they would
0: have just did one more cutback to Justin creeping up those stairs and looking around that corner seeing saying exactly what, yeah. that's the nosy, messy me, okay? <laughs> but God, I mean, like, girl, I just can't wait. Like, I can't. I, I, and for all y'all who watched this when it was live, you know, I don't know how y'all did it. How y'all could wait each week, which I wait each week, but then you got to wait six months or whatever, or between yeah, to watch the next season. Oh no, no, yeah. no, no! <laughs> God, this episode. I mean, I just want let's pop in another one right now, please. <laughs> I
1: know, yeah.
0: God, I ask. Well, every the week.
1: whole rest of this season is so incredibly good. Like this season. No, I see why so they say. Great.
0: I see why they say um, season three is um, the best season. Like, I mean, I loved one. Don't get me wrong. Like, one was fire. Two had its own thing, and but three...
1: Yeah, well, and it keeps branching out, too, and dealing with... So we're dealing with our characters, but also we're dealing with other things that yeah. going on in the world around them, and we're dealing with social issues that a lot... You know, this they say this show is very much of its time, and so we're dealing with a lot of things that people in the LGBTQ plus community would have been dealing with during this time and
0: they're not lightly touching it they're they're digging into these subjects like i mean they're
1: putting it right in your face in ways that can make some viewers uncomfortable
0: a lot of time when i watch this show when i was telling somebody other i was telling a friend that i haven't seen in a very long time i saw him on thursday night and um i remember telling him like bro i'm doing this podcast it's so dope like the show is everything he was like what's the special i was like bro this show pushes the boundaries, like, so hard. Like, when I'm watching it, bro, like, I'm grown, grown. <laughs> He's younger than me. I'm like, but I'm grown, grown. When I'm watching it, I'm, like, embarrassed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, this show, it makes me blush, you know, like, on certain things. Like, they push the boundaries on a lot of a lot of different topics. Yeah, um, Not just the sex stuff, but, I mean, like, the actual subject, the meat and potatoes of these episodes, mm-hmm. they really do be pushing them. And I love how, I mean, like, they just went for it.
1: Yeah, even in this one, like, seeing how these people in this heterosexual neighborhood view gay people like oh you can you can decorate you can do my party you can decorate my house you can you know because you're the gay yeah just mm-hmm. like oh i have a i know a lesbian or yes. I've
0: you know yes. or whatever i have that one gay friend and so yeah. just
1: like even showing that you know and it's just so clever in how it does so mm-hmm. many things this show is and so i think it's a testament to the fact that for by and large it was a lot of gay men who were writing this show and so they were telling personal stories or stories of their friends or whatever and so that's another thing that makes it so real um with just the stuff that they put out there like no these are our issues as of where we are in the world right now and so they put that out there
0: i liked in that one in the scene with the um the the housewarming like cocktail little get together um where she was like oh we all we all love gay um gays blazes And I remember in that, during that season and on that episode, Brian was like, yo, this show is so fake. It's not a good representation of us. Right. And then you couldn't tell him any of that. And then he witnessed, you know. Right. With uh, the two guys. Yeah, the two guys. Whatever the case. And he realized that he hates that's how they're being portrayed, you know, because that's not how their life is. Right. But look at the main steering media. The show is out so much. Look how everybody thinks, oh, that's how the gay life is. Oh, we mm-hmm. love that show. Yeah. I just love how they put it there. Like, well, if you really knew someone gay, you would know that's not how real life is.
1: <laughs> right, know? exactly. Oh, like God. But yeah, yeah right so one. it's just so freaking clever the yeah. way that they do all this stuff. It's so smart, it's so ahead of its time. And it's just, um, yeah, it really challenges things and it entertains at the same time. Like, it's one thing to be like just super preachy, super after school, special re, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to be entertaining. Yeah. And engaging at the same time. It
0: is. I mean, yeah. Really, really good episode, guys. Well, yeah, very entertaining. I I mean, I love what the writers do. I I know I've said that time and time again, but I mean, it really is. It's very, very clever writing, Um, super entertaining, and the cast is just does wonderful in all those roles. Guys, well, like we said before, this episode just had so many different twists and turns, different plots, um, and, you know, break off and branch offs within each storyline. And we hope that you guys enjoyed all of that. So tell us which one was your favorite line tonight. Was it the whole gay straight party? Uh, Was it the whole Ethan and um, Justin um, breakaway? What set off in y'all minds tonight when y'all watch this episode or you listen back to this episode? Um, Let us know. We would love to hear your comments because like we always say each week, let's keep it interactive. You know, send us your thoughts, whatever you have to say, we would love to hear them. And um yeah guys, like we always say, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.